and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we tackle our most paralyzing fears with truth. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I am passionate about helping God's children live in freedom because life is much too short and we have way too much to do for any of us to live enslaved. I would love to connect with you online and on social media. Just Google my name. Today, I have two amazing leaders with me, Tara, who you've met before. She's a former professor, has been on staff at various awesome parachurch ministries, and she recently joined Holy Love's podcasting team. So you're going to be hearing more from her, along with Jody Bailey and Shelly Arnold, who serve on the ministry's podcasting team as well. And today we have a guest I've heard referred to as the Walking Bible Encyclopedia. <laughs> For his ability to answer questions, and many of them quite challenging, spontaneously thrown at him. So today, I figured I was going to try to stump him. The chump. Stump the chump. Yep. Right. Just kidding. But Mark Ashton, thank you so much for joining us. So glad to be here. Thanks. So Mark is the lead minister of Christ Community Church, one of the largest churches in Omaha, Nebraska. He's a father of four. He's a husband of one. One, yep. Let me keep it that way. That's good. For 30 years, he serves as CEO of Within Reach and on the National Board of Directors of the Christian Missionary Alliance. He went to the University of Illinois, and he served with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship on college campuses and at Willow Creek Community Church prior to coming to Omaha. He loves college sports, golfing, juggling. Juggling. Riding his bike mm -hmm. and more juggling. More juggling and playing with my kids. I should have had playing with my kids on there. That's one of my favoriteest things to do. That's the juggling, right? <laughs> juggling the kids. <laughs> and today he's encouraging us to courageously engage the spiritual battle because we're all in a spiritual battle, whether we want to be or not. How we respond in this battle can mean the difference between impact and cowardice and victory or defeat. I imagine you have seen a lot of casualties mm -hmm. in your 30 years, over 30 years mm -hmm. of ministry. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that Satan would love for us to believe is that he doesn't exist. And uh, one of the hugest temptations that he has is to make us think the spiritual world, the spiritual battle are not real. And what that enables him to do is to sneak around and catch you from the side, catch you from behind. And you don't even believe that he's involved in the equation. So I've seen a lot of Christians that have been casualties of the wily ways of Satan or his demonic uh, horde that would be about trying to bring about temptation, ruin lives, cause division, abuse, war, and they don't even know that there's been a spiritual battle raging around them. So I didn't grow up in the church, mm -hmm. and I first started getting plugged into a local faith community back in the 90s, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it was just the culture I was plugged into or because it was so new to me, but it seemed like there was this big hype. Everything was spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. And it was almost presented in a way that, well, yeah, I kind of acted like a jerk to my spouse, but you know what? I was under attack. Mm -hmm. So it's not my fault. That was the impression I got. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a danger in that as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I would say there's three forces of evil that kind of move in the lives of people that are uh, believers. One of them is just all of us have a sinful nature. We've got this tendency towards sin that's inside of ourselves. 
And we're going to be susceptible to the things that are our own desires that will give birth towards wrongdoing. The second one is that we live in a world that's a broken world. Our our culture is broken because of sin. Societies are broken because of sin. And as much as we try to be creative and build, there's this constant deterioration that's taking a place around us. So first of all, me, then the world. Then we've got the evil one who's at work in this world. All three of these are battling for my soul. And one of the things that you described is that sometimes people confuse which one is most at work. So the truth is, I was just a jerk to my wife, and it came from inside of me. There was no demonic or satanic involvement that was there at all. It was just me being a jerk. And so sometimes people will either blame Satan for stuff that they are guilty of, or uh, they'll see Satan everywhere. So we talked about the extreme of not believing in Satan at all. I think the other extreme that Satan really wants is he wants us to think he controls everything, that he's behind every bush, that he's causing every action, and that he's got an immense amount of power over our lives. Because the one he can sneak around without doing, without us even knowing it. And on the other extreme, we become captives to fear of him because we think that he has way more power than he does. So as a person is dealing with that, sometimes in my struggles, I feel like, how do I know which one I'm actually dealing with? When I'm blatantly rude or something, sure, I can get that. That's my sin. Mm -hmm. But there's sometimes I just don't know. I'm actually in a battle. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard for me to identify. What would you recommend that we do in order to figure that out? Yeah. Sometimes it's confusing. I'll just admit it up front. I can't give you the three bullet points of being able to determine which is which. And sometimes all three of those things are involved. One of the things we're in a very hot political season these days, there's tons of division across the country related to politics. And I think you can identify that there are spiritual forces that want to keep us divided. There's a broken culture that we're responding to. And then we've got our own sin and dysfunction. And so when something comes up that triggers us in the political arena, well, oftentimes there's all three of those things uh, that are at work in that. But I think step one to understanding which one is at work is to recognize that, well, Satan, demonic forces, spiritual forces of evil are real, and they could be one of those things that are involved with that. And I think oftentimes we will get into habits and patterns that get ingrained that we would be wrong to blame outside forces for. But then when you get that thing that comes in the side door, that temptation that you weren't pursuing, you never expected, you never you know, it wasn't a part of where your world was, but it comes in a different direction, uh, then oftentimes that's the evil one who is at work. Or if you begin to hear voices and have inclinations to do stuff that is not just a part of your normal broken patterns, but something that's coming from the outside, oftentimes that's Satan uh, who's at work to, uh, to do his will in our lives as well. And I, I know in James 4, you know, he talks about that it's our desires Two that lead us mm. to sin and to conflict. And I like in that passage, he talks about, okay, this is your the the sin waging war within you. Mm-hmm. So cleanse your heart, draw near to God, and resist the devil. It's like he's kind of gone through all levels of, so of responsibility. And I'm reminded that so often I have so much more, like you said, we, you know, we're not victims to Satan, right? If we belong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. We have so much more power, I think, than we recognize. 
I agree. I feel like sometimes I abdicate my authority. Like I forget I have an authority in Christ. And I'm reminded of the passage of scripture where Gehazi looks out and he sees the Armenian army surrounding them. And he looks to the prophet and he's like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And the prophet prays that he sees that those who are greater than us, they're surrounding us. That's much greater than those that are against us. And so getting my eyes back where they need to be and focused on the Lord and his work and, and how he's orchestrating things rather than on the difficulties, the hardships, the, the things that are the struggles. And I think there's a key moment in that passage where uh, Elisha says to, about his servant Gehazi or praise for him and says, open his eyes. Yeah. And oh man, when your eyes get open to the reality of the spiritual forces that are all around us, it changes your perspective because there are dimensions of reality that we oftentimes don't encounter if we're just going through life in the normal three dimensions that we experience on a daily basis. And I know you've been actually talking a lot about this with your church family, just Mm -hmm. spiritual warfare and revelation in particular. And you have a YouTube series that you're doing, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, in the book of Revelation that we're teaching through right now, there are a number of places where Satan hits front and center. So one of them is Revelation 12, the story of the woman and the dragon, Revelation 13, where you've got the dragon and the beast and the false prophet, and then Revelation 19 at Armageddon, he shows up again. I'm kind of happy because next week we hit Revelation 20, where he goes away forever and ever. Amen. That's going to be a really fun uh, moment to preach about. But it's one of the things that just affirms that Satan is real, he's active, and I think one of the most important things to remember is he hates God. He hates God more than anything. And whatever he can do to destroy God's reputation, to keep people separated from God, that's his primary agenda. Now, he hurts human beings and he loves to abuse human beings because he hates God and God loves people. So when he gets in and begins hurting people like us, it's his side door way to try and create chaos that ultimately is going to hurt God. You're really not the ultimate prize for Satan, you know, as much as I'd love to think about myself or people think about themselves. Really, his desire is to hurt you because when you hurt somebody's kids, you hurt the parents. And of course, God's our loving, loving Heavenly Father. I was thinking about that recently and how in the Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God, and it says to lift up your shield of faith. And the shield of faith is what stops the fiery darts. Mm -hmm. And so as the attack comes, whether it's the person, the people, the ministry, whatever it is, that it's the darts are coming to stop the faith, the belief that God is God. He is strong. He is mighty. He is the one who is in control. He is sovereign. And it's the faith that's trying to be hurt. And so to lift that shield up, to guard Mm -hmm. my faith, to guard the faith of others and to help them find that strength in in the Lord. Yeah, it's so true. I think it's critical for us to remember that whenever we have the attacks, the fiery darts of the evil one that's coming at us, that he's already been beaten. The sins of everybody were nailed to the cross. Satan was defeated. He's not going to beat us anymore. And while there is this miniature battle that's happening, his defeat was sealed at the cross. It's going to be made complete at the end of time. You know, he still prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour, but he is a defeated enemy. So you pull up the shield of faith 
Well, that means I believe that what Jesus did on the cross is bigger than anything Satan can do to hurt me. And I believe that he has now transferred his authority to me to say yes to God and no to the enemy in anything that I face at this point. And so that shield of faith is just a powerful, powerful piece. I think that's really important for today as well, because everything feels so out of control. Mm -hmm. And when I begin to, because I have a natural propensity towards anxiety. Mm. And when I begin to feel anxious, I have to remind myself that what I see isn't necessarily reality, Mm -hmm. that God is in control. Mm -hmm. And then I often think about when, you know, when that verse says that those who are enlisted, I'm going to paraphrase it, but who are enlisted basically in an army, they don't entangle themselves with civilian affairs that they may please their commanding officer. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think about how God, we know he has a strategy, right? Scripture says Satan has a strategy, but we know God has an even better strategy. Mm-hmm. And I just had this this sense of what if we as believers, if we may if we did nothing else but said, okay, God, what is your strategy? And then what is your strategy for me? Like mm-hmm. what is my place in that strategy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's uh, three parts. When I look at God's strategy, there's a past, there's a present, there's a future. And the past strategy was the defeat of Satan by dying on the cross that we've already talked about. The present strategy is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of believers, giving them the ability to say yes to Jesus and no to temptation and no to Satan and his evil schemes. So he says, I'm going to empower people who know me to be able to say yes to me and no to anything that Satan does. And here's this is really good news for people who are believers, because you have a power that's outside of yourself that helps you to be able to say yes to God. When you get to that moment where you go, I'm just, I'm too weak, Lord, you know, whether it's anxiety or pornography or conflict or whatever you're dealing with, you think you're too weak. Well, maybe you are, but the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is not too weak. And so God has given us that empowerment for the present right now. And then there's the promise for the future. And that is that even though we're in the midst of a cosmic tension right now, even though there's a battle that's raging for our souls, for our righteousness, we know that we're headed to a place where the victory is secure. Satan's going to be trounced. He's going to be thrown into the lake of fire. He's going to be defeated at Armageddon. He's going to be locked up in the abyss. He does not have power over Jesus. So we're on the winning side headed in the right direction. Amen. That really gives me peace. Hmm. Uh, When I was in my 20s, I was really struggling with all kinds of conflict that was happening around me and having to figure out who am I? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I fit in this picture with God? And what does that look like for me? And it was actually the reading of God's word and taking the the scriptures and reading it daily Mm -hmm. and allowing it to begin to process in my mind so that I knew who I was and am and will be in Mm -hmm. Christ and allowing those truths to resonate that eventually that piece of understanding he is in control and he's at work would give me what I needed when I was confronted with that, which didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, that brings up a huge point, I think, in doing spiritual battle. And that is just the immersing of your mind in God's word is your number one tool to say yes to the truth and no to the lies of Satan. So one of his biggest tools that he can use against us is he can lie to us. 
he can tell us things that aren't true. And so you guys remember back in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 4, I'm pretty sure it was, maybe 3, where Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, right? Satan comes three times, gives him three different temptations, you know, turn this bread into, or turn this rock into bread for something to eat. Every single time, Jesus responds with the scripture, because it's been perfect in his heart, in his mind. And so he knows to say, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so he's able to instantly see the problem with what the evil one is saying, the solution to that problem, and encapsulate it in a brief statement. And man, if we got good at, at that as followers of Jesus, if we ingested God's word so that it's memorized in our mind, it just makes it so much easier to say yes to Jesus and to say no to Satan. You know, and I hear from a lot of women, they'll say, I just don't have time to read my Bible. Mm -hmm. And really, if they understand everything that's available to them Mm -hmm. through Scripture and really everything that's at stake, their marriage, their family, their kids, their job, their mental health, they would recognize, I don't have time not Mm -hmm. to read Scripture. Mm -hmm. And there's so many creative ways that you can get the Word of God in you. Uh, One of my favorite tools that I like to recommend to people is Mm BibleIs.com because it has an audio component that's actually a phenomenal dramatization of the Word of God that you can listen to it and read it at the same time and or just listen to it or read it. You can do both. And so somebody could be driving in their car or washing dishes, putting their makeup on, and hear the word of God to help them to get it inside them. You know, it's interesting when, when people say that kind of a thing, uh, I always kind of smile on the inside and just ask, you know, is there anything that you're doing in your life that might be a time waster? I mean, do you have apps on your phone that have little games that you play? I do. I got some time wasters in my life. I'm not being judgy here. Do you ever surf social media? You ever look at Instagram? You know, you do TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, ever spend any time on that? Well, what if instead of surfing Facebook, you're surfing scripture? And what if you have an intentional plan to memorize some things that you can just flip through and read during those five minutes while you're waiting the doctor's appointment, while you're parked, you know, for your kids, picking them up from school, whatever it is, you have these little cracks that you can fill with good things and filling your mind with scripture will be life changing. When I really liked what you said about the power that's within us. Mm. And so when I first started getting plugged into church culture, I was a complete mess. So I would get drunk Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday. I was a bulimic and anorexic. I fought with my husband Monday through Monday. And <laughs> and I had lived that way for so like that had been my my go-to behaviors. Mm. And I remember, so here I am kind of newly following Jesus and I'm reading all these things like I'm supposed to do this and I'm supposed to do that and be loving and patient and kind and not rude. And I would go to bed every night thinking, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't beat this. And then one verse that was so, so powerful to me is Ephesians 1, 17, Mm -hmm. where Paul told the Ephesians that basically they had the power of the resurrecting, resurrected mm-hmm. Savior within them. Mm-hmm. And it shifted my thinking. It was still a struggle. It was still a battle, mm-hmm. very much a, a long, long-range battle. But I no longer entertained the thought I can't. And I think it's interesting when Paul, because you had referenced the passage in Ephesians 6, 
And when he started, uh, and he started saying, be strong in the Lord. And I don't know if we always know what that means, because sometimes I think, at least for me, when I was first plugging into the faith, even that whole passage of the armor of God in my brain, I'm like, how do I put that on my head? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, how do I, and and, and it, it was very confusing to Mm -hmm. me. And so like, even when this, you know, be strong in the Lord, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. Before I get to that, though, I just want to affirm that you are a changed life. And uh, as your pastor, I see a different person than what you're describing in the microphone. I did not know you back then. But for your people who are listening on the podcast who don't know you, I want them to know that there is hope for life transformation for everybody that Jennifer is an example of that sitting right before me right now. I know her as a changed life. And it's amazing to hear about some of those things from your past because you're just so dramatically different by the power of Jesus right now. Thank you. Yeah. As far as uh, being strong in the Lord and, and putting on the armor, when I go back to thinking about how life transformation takes place, one of the things is you need to get your facts right about God. So you find out who is Jesus based on what his word has to say. You get to know him better. You become like Psalm chapter one says, you become like a tree planted next to a river. And that tree just gets stronger and stronger because it's drinking of the truth. So being strong in the Lord means I've got my identity in him. I've got my truth right about him. I've trusted in him. I know that I'm a child of God. And when you bring all those things into the battle, it's like coming in with muscles. You know, it's like I got I am strong in the Lord because the little things, the temptations, the lies, they can't knock me off of my square base because I'm strong in Jesus. That just makes my heart sing. I'm over here. I wish you guys could see me. My hands are shaking in the air with like they're happy trees. (laughs) That's exactly what happened in my life. Mm. So as I read scripture and I started to observe the character of God mm-hmm. and listing out this is this is who God is this is how God works this is how God loves this is how God does justice as i began to read those things what i found was my identity in me mm-hmm. started to change and it's like okay so if god is loving in this circumstance i want to be a person of love lord could you make that happen in me if he is a God of justice in this type of circumstance. Can you make justice become a part of me? And I I began to see him work those things out in me, Mm -hmm. which then made me more aware of what was going around me. And I was better able to be strong Mm -hmm. in him because of it. You know, Jennifer did a nice introduction of me at the beginning that talked about my family, my vocation, all those kinds of things. But if you really ask, who is Mark Ashton? The right answer is, I'm a child of God. I'm a mess who's been redeemed. I'm a person who lives full of love and full of hope for the future. My personhood isn't about my role. It's not about my relationships. My personhood is about my connection to God. And that identity in Jesus is core, core to being strong in the Lord as you head to the battle. And I'd like to talk about one more thing before we close. You had referenced it earlier, just about now we have the Holy Spirit within us to kind of live out Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And I just want to talk about advancing 
light. Sometimes I think we get, I get distracted. And I'll give you an example. Our family is reaching out to some individuals that originally it just felt like such a hard, and sometimes it still feels like such a hard situation. Like there's so much opposition and I can see light versus dark very clearly, but my heart wants to fix the current situation. And God really challenged me just as I was wrestling over it all that what if in the situation he's bringing those people to salvation? I had to quit praying for a bit Mm. because it was hard to hear that. It was like, even if it's hard right now, Mm -hmm. even if he doesn't fix this situation right now, am I willing to still engage? Because there's a self-protective measure. Like this hurts too much. This is too hard. You're wanting to pull back because it just feels too, too dark. Am I willing to still engage from an eternity perspective and not be so mad at God that I disengage that way? So true. It's so true. I think what Jesus modeled for us in uh, coming to planet Earth as a baby was incarnational living. And that is, I want to be present as a point of light in the midst of the darkness. And I think that's what he calls you to, what he calls me to in that situation as well. It's not that we fix everything around us. You notice Jesus, when he was on planet Earth, didn't fix everything around us. But he spoke the truth. He embodied the light. He brought good news to people. And for us, oftentimes that's what God is inviting us to do. It's it's impossible to fix every problem, but for us to be the light of Jesus in the midst of the world that we live in. It's just critical. And oftentimes that's the game changer because if the light of Jesus reaches somebody, we didn't just fix a temporary problem that we have, that they have. We changed the trajectory of their life. At one point in serving in ministry, it occurred to me as I was studying about Jesus and the disciples, he didn't treat Judas any differently. Mm -hmm. Nobody out of the disciples knew that Judas was the one. When he said, one of you sitting at this table will betray me. All of them said, is it me, Lord? Is it me? None of them said, oh, it's got to be Judas. Not one said it's Judas. They all said it's me because they all knew their own hearts. And I started praying at that point that the Lord would give me the ability to sit at the table with Judas and to love Judas and to not have those that are around Judas know that there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And that made a, a, a huge impact on me. Now, let's take it on a simpler level. When I was a teacher at the University of Houston and I taught in a lab school teaching teachers how to teach, we would have always one child that was really difficult. And I had a, a little guy who was four that his mom was a meth addict. And so his mind, body, everything was out of control. And I finally just came to a point where on every day, I would just have to say, Christopher, you have good bones. And speaking that life into someone who maybe doesn't have the ability, they're out of control, but finding what I can say that is good Mm -hmm. about them Mm -hmm. and speaking that into them. That is what Jesus did, even with Judas, even though Judas decided to betray. I feel the battle of spiritual warfare happening, just finding the way I can speak that life into them by choosing to say, you have good bones, whatever that may be. I love that idea. You know, could I add something in related to Ephesians 6? So, you know, Ephesians 6, we talked about how it starts off with be strong in the Lord, and then it goes through all of the pieces of armor. And I think uh, for somebody who's brand new to the Bible, to try and figure out what does it mean to fight the spiritual battle? What are these pieces of armor? It's a little bit weird. I mean, can we just admit that it's a little bit weird to do that? I remember when I was in college, there was a guy by the name of Dave Butts who challenged us to just get to entry-level armor bearing. 
So they're like, okay, what does that mean? He says, well, put on your armor every day. He says, I like to do it in the shower. You might do it when you're putting on your clothes, you might do it other times, but just kind of go through every day and you say, Lord, today I am putting on the helmet of salvation. And you just remember, I'm genuinely saved, not because of anything I did, but because of what Jesus did. And today I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that I'm not perfectly righteous, but because Jesus is in me, his righteousness shines through me. So I walk into battle as the knight of righteousness. And he says, I'm going to put on the belt of truth. And I'm going to commit myself to what's really, really true. No matter what anybody else says, I'm going to be committed to the truth. I'm going to put on those shoes of gospel preparedness. And uh, that means I'm ready. Anytime someone wants to talk, anytime someone wants to hear the good news, I'm ready with the good news. And uh, I'm going to bring it to people. And I'm going to pull out that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and say every day I'm going to be armed with what God has already told me in his word. And then, as Tara mentioned, you pull out the shield of faith. And uh, that's going to extinguish all of the arrows of the evil one. Because Jesus said that you've already got power over these things. And you don't have to take those arrows. You can just go ahead and extinguish them uh, by the shield of faith. And when you start with that level of every day and just say, I'm going to remind myself of these six key things that are true every day, these six key things that empower me to walk into a spiritual world with confidence, then you wind up saying, you know what? I'm not going to get beat up. I'm not going to lose the battle. I am fully armed, fully equipped. I've got everything I need to enter into the battle, and there's really nothing that Satan can do to me. It's such a different attitude than saying, oh my gosh, Satan has so much power, what's he going to do to attack me today? I don't know. You step up with all the armor, you got the sword, you got the shield, you got everything. It's like, bring it, big guy, because I got all the weapons to defeat you and the power of God that lives inside of me. Now, for those who want to know more, because like I referenced earlier, you've done a complete series, both from the stage and then also in your YouTube. You have a YouTube series. So where would people find those things? Yeah, if you're on YouTube, you can go straight to CCC Omaha. That's the name of our uh, YouTube page, CCC uh, for Christ Community Church and then Omaha. Now, there's two lines on there. One is all the sermons that I've done. And we've got hundreds of sermons that have been uploaded right now. Most recently, of course, is the Revelation series. And then a new thing that I'm doing is I'm just given like five to seven minute answers for the compelling questions Christians ask or seekers ask about and fill in the blank. So right now, since we're doing the Revelation series, I'm doing Revelation questions. And there is everything in there from Armageddon to the 666 to Satan to how do you do Bible interpretation. But we do it in more of a jump cut, fast, funny, sarcastic kind of a way that tends to be engaging for the YouTube crowd. So either one of those are available on YouTube. Of course, our website is C cccomaha.org. That's got all the old messages as well. So hashtag cccomaha. You can, you can guess where it is. And you actually have a guide as well that they can download for free. Four guides, yep, from the Revelation series. So if you go to our website, cccomaha.org, you can go ahead and click on the Revelation series. And each of those guides is available in a PDF that you can just print on your computer. And then uh, it's got in there group discussion guides. It's got devotions for five days a week. And then it's got sermon notes and a visual aid that goes along with every one of the sermons. So you can kind of follow along, watch on YouTube 
take your sermon notes. You got the visual aid right there. Do your devotions during the week. You can really have your own powerful spiritual adventure through Revelation. Well, thank you so much thank for, you, Jennifer. for joining us today. And thank you for listening. I hope our conversation gave you confidence as you face that, maybe alertness, as you face the spiritual battles every day. And if you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. And make sure to share it on social media. And we would be super encouraged if you would rate it as well. And that helps other people to find it. Until next time, may you live with the courage of one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hi, friend. Are you stressed? maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too. Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's word to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.